asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker. And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants, and most importantly, parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers. All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Right Questions podcast. We have a very special guest this week, my spouse, Neil Thornhill. So, Neil, it's great to have you here. Thanks for being willing to do this with me. Do you want to say hi? Yeah. uh, Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. Not that I had a choice, but that's okay. (laughs) And if you're watching on YouTube, we are in a different room of our house. This is, what is this? I guess you call this the front room? (laughs) I don't know. It's the room that we never use. We never really sit in this room so because we're kind of always in the family room in the kitchen, like most families. So um, this is our little time in this room, and we're going to have a conversation. This episode will be coming out right around Valentine's Day in February. So the topic is relationships and love. And so the question of the day, uh, without making you wait for it, that we're going to address is, what makes love last? And we don't claim to know that for everybody, but we thought it would be fun to explore what has made our love last. So Yeah, fun. <laughs> well, okay, even if it's not fun for you, it will be maybe helpful for some people out there, definitely, Neil. And definitely. I know you are a helper and a person who wants to be of service and give in the world, and that's why you're here doing this. So, so I think before we get <clears throat> into what has led to our love lasting for 27 years, really 31 years, if we count the time before we got married, we were together for four years, and then we've been married for 27 years. But before we get into that, why don't we tell the story of how we met? Oh, you love that story. <laughs> you love that story. Well, I think you deny that story is what it is. <laughs> we have different versions of the story. So uh, I'll give you my version. Okay, so I was 21 and I was at, about to start my third year of college. It was in the summer. Actually, it was the beginning of summer. So it was after, no, it was after my third year of college. I was 21 and all my friends wanted to go to a fraternity party. And I didn't want to go. I was in a sorority. I didn't want to go. And I was like, those fraternity guys are jerks. I'm done with them. I'm into school and my leadership positions. And I don't want to go to any more fraternity parties. And a couple of my friends really pushed me to go. And I said, well, I'll go just to hang out with you. And so I went to the party. And I have no recollection of meeting Neil at the party. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember meeting interesting people, um, not drinking alcohol and just being really not wanting to be there, but then having fun because I am a very social person. And then I remember a big group of people coming back to the sorority house after. And that's when I remember meeting Neil or realizing who Neil was. And so, um, well, why don't you give your version up to there and then we'll go from there. So I remember when I first actually saw Bridget. Oh, and this is funny because, uh, 
there's actually another sub story about when I really met Bridget for the first time, but we'll see if we get that into that later. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to tell that story. Well, in the beginning you said, is there anything off limits? So I should have asked you that, I guess. We could probably tell that story without names. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. But go ahead, go um, back to current. And then so we'll- <laughs> I saw her and I'm like, wow, she is cute. And she was sitting on my best friend's lap at a party and I looked at her and I looked at him and I thought, no, she's too good for him. Uh, you know, she's mine. I, I, I need her. <laughs> and it was basically on for the for that night uh, between me and my friend. And we both tried to woo her. And we went from the frat party to back to the, her sorority house. And and this is where the questions come in, because my my go to at the time, my little uh my MO with the ladies was <laughs> the book of questions. So, um, I mean, I, I'm sure that dates me, but, uh, this little book of questions had come out and was really popular and it was all these, what would you do if, or in this scenario type questions. And I enjoyed the question. I thought they were fun and I got really good at answering them the right way, uh, for <laughs> what, um, you know, uh, the girls liked to hear. So I, and I kept it in my glove box in my car. So it was always ready to go. Um, and you know, the, we, we stayed up all night that night mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. and we used the book and asked questions. And my friend was answering all the questions wrong and I was answering <laughs> all the questions, right. He was answering honestly, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then there was a point where, uh, morning was coming and, uh, I think I had to go to my sister's graduation, high yes, school graduation. Or yes. something. Um, I think it was her middle school graduation. Wow. If yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then across the street from your house, our fraternity was doing Hell Week too. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> memories are coming back. Um, oh, so my friend and I stepped outside and had a chat about who was really serious about her and and how this was going to go. And my friend was like, okay, that's cool. You know, you can, you can ask her out. And I did, I went back out and uh, went back inside and asked her out. And that was it. That was it. Um, it's been a long time together and we've actually grown up together. Cause I was 18 when mm-hmm. I met her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like about a month or two before I turned 19, but yeah. it was after my first year of college. So, uh, I was young and, uh, impressionable and <laughs> she, she she uh, molded me into the man I am today. <laughs> I think you give me too much credit because he was very confident and very mature in some ways. I mean, he was 18, but I remember he was talking about starting a business way back then. And I thought, this is crazy. This 18 year old kid yeah. is talking about how he's going to be a successful entrepreneur. And he is. <laughs> so, so he gives me a little more credit probably than I deserve. He's amazing. Um, just to give my version of that story super quick. <laughs> I don't remember sitting on this friend's lap who, by the way, is still one of our dearest friends. And we'll say Steve and Sam are one of our favorite favorite couple friends. We have lots of great couple friends, uh, Karen and Annie, Cindy and Adam, shout outs to all our couple friends. Sorry if we're, if we're just going quickly and don't mention all of you, but, um, so I don't remember that part, but what I remember most is the question part. And it's so relevant for this podcast, right? Because we talk about the importance of questions in coaching, in relationships. When you and I go out to dinner, like we've known each other 31 years, right? You would think we have nothing left to talk about. So a lot of times we'll try to spice things up and keep 
keep it interesting by, <laughs> by asking new questions. She keeps uh, a little deck of cards, <laughs> questions in her purse. I do. For if the conversation gets, what do you call if it? If we like, have a lull. Yeah, if there's a lull. <laughs> like, Can't have a lull yeah. in the conversation, right? I've done that with my friends, too. Yeah. My friend Karen made fun of me big time. She's like, we don't have lulls. We have lots to talk about. And I'm like, just in case, I have my question cards. So obviously, I love questions. And that's why Todd and I called this this podcast The Right Questions. So so back to the question game. I'm also, we're one of the things we love is playing games. We play Scrabble all the time. So we're both big game people. And. And when I remember Neil saying, that's really the first memory I have of him is saying, let's just play this game where we ask the questions from the book of questions and everybody answers them. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, well, I didn't realize it was a competition. I guess it was a competition between you and your friend about who could, you know, who could have the seem uh, more impressive to the women. But all of Neil's answers were the perfect answers. (laughs) He was like, I would, you know, run into the burning building to save a cat. I would cut (laughs) off my finger, you know, to help a child. It was like, he was like the most altruistic, perfect human being you could imagine. It's all true. I don't know if I bought it completely, but honestly, 31 years later, it's all, it has all proven to be true. I mean, he really is like the most solid, honorable, ethical, honest person I've ever known and stable and solid. And I go to him all the time with problems and things that need to be fixed. And he's just just so solid and wonderful. And he's that way for our kids and his friends and his employees. He's a very successful entrepreneur, business owner, leader in many communities, which maybe he'll tell you about or we'll tell you about if we have a chance. But that's our story. So I think there's a lot more to it. Do you want to just quickly tell? Because now if anybody remembers, he alluded to a story about how we actually met before that, but we didn't know who each other was at all. So no. yeah. Go ahead, tell the story, but don't name names because we're still okay. friends with all these That's, people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it wasn't until, I don't know if it was years later, we we put it together and realized, I realized who you were and what you did to me <laughs> yes. that night. Um, but my fraternity house was across the street, literally like right across the street from her sorority house. So before I had met her, um, we were there late one night with, uh, and there was a few guys, um, and my best friend, Steve was one of them. And we had some girls from her sorority over at our house and we were, uh, we had music and we were slow dancing, you know, and we were trying to get friendly with these girls. <laughs> And women, they're college well, age that time, women. Yeah, okay. they were, no, no. we were all like 18. Yes, um, yeah, that's true. Okay. And Borderline. Yeah, <laughs> and and things were going well for us. We were, we were The night was looking good. And out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Bridget, and we just thought it was just some crazy young woman at the time, comes barging into the room we were in snatches up the girls that we were with and and says that this is no good they shouldn't be doing this and takes them away and we were all like what what just happened Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah That was not happening on my watch. I believe they were, no names, but I believe they were pledges. Oh my goodness. No way. Um, So that was not, that was not allowed. And it's funny because one of them is, uh, we're still very good friends with. Yes. No, we won't give anything else away. So, but we didn't remember that. Yeah. Until years later. So it's pretty funny. All right. So to our question, what makes love last? So Neil and I, 
have been married 27 years. We've been together 31 years. Um, we have had our ups and downs. Let's yeah. be honest. Oh, We've had yeah. times where things were incredibly difficult, where we weren't sure if we were going to make it through. And we don't claim to have the right to say whether anybody else should stay together or not stay together. Not all relationships are meant to be forever. And we totally understand that. But for some reason, we've worked it all out. We've worked hard. We're at a really good place where things are easy now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's not a lot. I mean, we had so much conflict and so much drama in the beginning. Yeah, we do you agree? I, I, I agree with you. So it's kind of strange to think about how calm and, and nice and lovely things are now. But I think we worked through so much of that. So so we'll try to answer the question for you. And again, we don't claim that what works for us will work for everyone, but we want to share it just in case it it offers anything helpful because we are really happy together and really happy in our lives overall with our family. We have raised two kids who are adults who are doing great. We have careers we love. We have friends. We have lots of volunteer work, very rich, full lives and are very blessed to have each other and still very much be in love with each other. So what do you think, Neil, if we start to try to answer this question with just a couple of like our top, you know, revelations about looking back about what, what has made our love last? What comes to mind for you? Perseverance. (laughs) Hard work, toil and (laughs) drudgery. Yeah. Perseverance. You just have to put your head down and, and keep moving forward. Um, you know, so we did. We we had um, a, a tough time for a while, and I think that a lot of couples have that time. And I've seen it in a lot of my friends' relationships, and I think it's very normal. Uh, things add up. You get together young, things are great. You get jobs, and um, and uh, you have kids, and you struggle financially for a while. And money problems are always hard on couples, and we had our share. Um, and then. Uh, especially with the kids, because you tend to kind of drift apart when you have Mm -hmm. kids because you're really focused on the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't maintain and and nourish your relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they start to get older and you're kind of left with like, well, okay, where are we? And uh, there's all these things really annoy me that you do. So, (laughs) um, and so it's not good. And maybe you haven't, you haven't gotten good at communicating. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's a big part of it. Which is hilarious because we're both communication majors. Um, she has a master's. That's her whole career is consulting with communication. Um, and, and we still st- struggled uh, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. it. So, but my mindset was uh, I wanted to, I wanted to stick it out uh, and not quit during the hard part mm-hmm. because what's on the other side and and really have i done everything that i can do to make this work mm-hmm. um because it'd be one thing uh, i i didn't want to quit when things got hard and i didn't try mm-hmm. so i really had to take a look at myself and what i was doing in the relationship and if i was really giving what i felt i should be giving um and it wasn't so much what I thought you needed um, because I had a hard time giving that, you know, we have different love languages. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but, um, but I needed to know that I was being truthful and vulnerable and honest and, and being uh, the best Neil that I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wasn't. So mm-hmm. I wanted to work on that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by me working on growing a- as an individual 
that um, took a lot of it off of her and my expectations of her and expectations of the relationship. And then as time moved on, uh, it, it, we got over that hump. And so, but I needed to have a lot of, of, of perseverance to do Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, and a little bit of Mm -hmm. faith too, that if, if I did what I needed to do for me, it would work out for us. Mm-hmm. It might not have, right? Mm-hmm. But I also knew even if it didn't work out, I would be in a better place at that point because I had done everything that I thought I needed to do to be a, a good person and, mm-hmm. a, and a good partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's the road that I went on. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like we went on our own roads and then they just naturally came back together. Mm-hmm. And they came back together in a much better way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Thank you yeah. for that. It's very interesting to hear, you know, we don't necessarily talk about this as much, you know, as we, as we probably should, right. because what Neil is sharing really is helping me kind of understand at an even deeper level, what has helped us to grow together over the years. And I, I can very much relate to what he's saying, because I feel like I, I, became a better and better partner in the relationship as I worked on myself. Same thing. Like I, in, in, in the beginning of our relationship, I had so much individual work and healing to do from past relationships, from childhood issues, from insecurities and things that just that had happened in my life. And I, I went to therapy. I'm happy to openly talk about how I spent many, many years in therapy, working on myself and coaching and, um, and as I became stronger as a person and more um, determined in my own life to go after my own goals and to seek happiness and fulfillment through the things that were meaningful and important to me and, and lessening the ex, I had so many expectations of Neil in the beginning that were unrealistic. Like he should be there for me all the time in every way. He should be my everything. That ridiculous fairy tale that we're sold when we're kids. And it's just impossible for anyone to live up to. So as I started to kind of fulfill my own needs and find my own ways of, of lifting myself up and being, being really satisfied and proud of my life and the life I was living, then Neil and I could come together as whole, yeah. you know, healthy individuals yeah. and not like expecting the other to fill some no dependency yeah yeah that's a i see that a lot in other people that where one person is really dependent on Mm -hmm. the other and i I cringe because it's just not a good recipe yeah i feel we're so much stronger together because we don't have that dependency i mean we depend on each other Mm -hmm. that's different Mm -hmm. right for certain things Mm -hmm. but we're we don't have a dependency um to be who we want to be based on what the other needs to do for us. Mm-hmm. We don't have any mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like I had to let you go at a certain point mm-hmm. and then come back to you uh, <laughs> as a different person and you as a different person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember that happening at times. I remember us being in couples therapy and kind of hitting a wall of like, oh, we each need to do individual work now. Yeah. Like we yeah. get what our couple issues are, but they're so intertwined with things that I needed to work on. Yeah. You need to work on as individuals. That's a great point because you can only go so far as a couple until you work on yourselves. Mm-hmm. And then the, then the relationship can, can mm-hmm. be, can it's like that a rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. You can't in, improve the relationship if you don't improve yourself. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think um, I think we I think we gave that first part a good you know description and explanation of how you know really working on yourself and being solid and like super happy with your own life you know with or without your partner you know we don't want to um, make our our happiness and our satisfaction in life dependent upon a partner. I love how Neil said I had to be good with Neil and be who I wanted to be regardless of whether or not the relationship worked out. And I think that's what helped the relationship work out. Right. So, um, I think one of the other things that's really important and it's kind of connected is that we both have really full lives. And, um, so maybe we should tell you just a little bit about our lives so you can see how we, we really fill up our tank. And I like that analogy. Yeah, I love that. The the analogy is that you're supposed to fill your own tank as if it were a gas tank to 90%. And then a partner just tops it off 10%. And I, we love that. I mean, some people, when I say that, they're like, Oh no, it should be so much more. It's not about how much time you spend together. It's about meeting your own needs, taking self-care, taking care of yourself, making sure that you're the best person you can be and that your life is very fulfilling on your own as an individual. And then you can really enjoy that last 10% 10% with your partner. So for me, I've got tons of friends. She does. <laughs> I have tons of work. As you all may know, I'm a consultant, a trainer, a coach. I was, I, I'm a retired professor. Um, I do a ton of volunteer work. I volunteer for our support group for um, families with transgender kids. If you didn't know, listen to the first episode. I talk about our experience of our daughter, Jackie, coming out as transgender. So I'm very involved with um my business with my daughter called Transgender School, where we educate people, which yeah. Neil is also very supportive yeah. of. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. You know, I'm very, I do a lot and I love everything I do. And all of that is so fulfilling to me um, and my business. And so that when Neil and I talk, it's like we're sharing how how excited we are about the things going on in our lives. We're not looking for some, you know, big hole to be filled to say again. I know it's repetitive, but it, I just think that's so important. Yeah. And how about you? Tell us about all the things in your life. <laughs> Yeah, I have a full plate. Um, yeah, I, I, I own and run uh, an insurance investigations company uh, throughout the state, and it's uh, we made the Inc. Five Thousand list the past three years in a row. So we've had a lot of growth in managing that. I've had to learn a lot about business because I didn't go to business school, so <laughs> I had to learn a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm in an entrepreneurs group and president of the Los Angeles North chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. So that's a very meaningful group to me of wonderful mm-hmm. people that support each other. And I spend a lot of time there and I'm a reserve uh, sheriff's deputy for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And I specialize in the search and rescue. So I'm on the Malibu search and rescue team. And I spend a lot of time uh, with that. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, being able to help people and be there in times of need. It means a lot to me. And, uh, and that's, that can be difficult on a relationship because you know, I, I'm on call, uh, 24, 3, 3, 6, 365. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, you have to have a supportive uh, partner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Bridget has always been very supportive of that for me. So yeah. it means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, how could I not be? He's going on a search and rescue mission to like save <laughs> someone's life. He trained our dog to be a search dog right. all on his own. What well, was supportive, you know, of, of others who were training their dogs. I mean, it's pretty amazing. There's a lot that I can be incredibly proud of in my spouse. And I rave about him all the time and gush about him all the time. Um, But yeah, but he's like, we're both very, very busy in a good way. Not busy like people complain about it, but very full lives. So, you know, sometimes people don't understand this. For instance, 
we're in the pandemic right now, so we're not going out to dinner, but we used to go out to dinner a lot. And we had an agreement that we could be out at dinner. And if Neil got a search and rescue call, I would be Ubering home or Lyft. I, I like, well, I like Lyft. <laughs> I'll give a plug for Lyft. Um, I would get a Lyft home and go home. And it could be the middle of the dinner. It could be the beginning of dinner. And we just had that agreement. And I know a lot of people find something like that hard to understand. Like, that's yeah. your date night and he should prioritize you. And But that's the, those are the choices we make. And that's how we live our lives because we have so much respect for what the other does and and there's just not this neediness. It's right. like, great. If we have time together, great. If it doesn't work out, you know, and you have something else, we'll, we'll find other time together. Yeah. It's, it's not, but we do try to have, um, rituals. Yes. Um, and, and those mean a lot to me. It's a, it's times where we come together to reconnect yes. and, and we have, the we have our pandemic walk now yes. <laughs> and walking so, our dogs so yeah we really try to go for a nice long walk mm-hmm. with the dogs every mm-hmm. night um and that's how we end our day uh apart and then reconnect for the evening together mm-hmm. and we catch up and we ask each other how we're doing mm-hmm. and it's really nice and when we miss that it it's significant. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dogs don't like the it. The dogs either. don't like it. Yeah. They do not like it. They come when they know it's time, they come follow us all around yeah. the house with these big eyes. Like, is it time? Is it time? Are you taking us for a walk? Yeah. So it's important for all, all four of us. And when we were going out, we would have a, our weekly date night mm-hmm. where we would go out and just mm-hmm. talk at dinner yeah. and it, we would have long dinners and it would yeah. be really nice. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we start our day each day with a nice long hug, mm-hmm. um, wherever, mm-hmm. whoever gets up first, the other one goes and finds that person. And, uh, so we have little things that we do that yeah. to stay connected, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, but it's not all day long. We don't have, yeah. we don't need that. So, yeah. 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 And there's many, there are many nights where Neil's doing things away from home or I am, you know, depending on the pandemic or not, but, um, and it, it, there's not this need that like, we always need to be together, but when we are, it's really special to us and really important to us. I want to take just quickly a, a minute to talk about parenting and then, and then turn it over to our previous guest who had a question for Neil, because we're <laughs> starting having guests, as you know, and we wanted to do this fun little thing where we ask each guest to give a question to the next guest. So we're going to be asking Neil the question from our previous guest, and we're going to give Neil the question for our next guest, who we won't mention to make it a surprise, but Neil happens to know our next guest. Yeah. So he can actually keep that in mind as he thinks of the question. But um, but the question for Neil is about parenting and what we remember about our parents in our lives. And I'll just say, you know, Neil has lost both of his parents, and that's one of, I think, the hardest things that we've both been through together, being together so long. I loved and adored and was very close to both of his parents. Um, and I know that he has lots of special memories with I them. Do. And so that's what the question is about. Um, but but just briefly, Neil, I'll ask you, like, what do you think about our how we were as parents? And did that bring us closer? Like, what aspects of parenting actually brought us closer? How do we navigate that? It's, it's one of the toughest things for a couple to do, whether you be, yeah. you know, the biological parents or adoptive parents, same-sex couple, raising kids, whatever it may be. It's really, really challenging in a relationship to be on the same page with child-rearing philosophy and to deal with the challenges of it. Do yeah. you have any thoughts about how we navigated that that might help people? Uh, yeah, I, we were pretty net, nutty. I mean, we were, <laughs> it was all about the kids. And we both came at it 
uh, with 100 percent, but mm-hmm. also from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So that kind of caused us to butt heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows what it did to our kids? <laughs> they turned out really well. They're, no, they doing, did, they're amazing. They did, but, but, but we I were, don't know if it's in spite of us or because of us. Yeah, we were really into it. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, it's funny. I have a friend of mine who used to tell me, you know, I only have like a couple goals. I just, I, I don't want my, I, I think he only had one goal that he didn't want his kid in jail. That was it. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's goal. crazy. You know, but then as I got older, I thought that's keeping it simple. I like that. Uh, cause I had way too many expectations for my kids and that was ridiculous. Um, and I learned the hard way. Uh, so, but, uh, I think that, spending time with the kids is what was the best thing. Cause thinking back about what I, what was special for me with my parents was just spending time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's been lots of times where we've just been together as a family and we were real big on vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that was just a lot of time together, mm-hmm. but we would do other things where we would spend time together mm-hmm. without necessarily a goal or, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. uh, and, spending just relaxing time together goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And when I think back about my mom and dad, I used to sit in the kitchen with my mom when she used to cook because my mom would cook dinner almost every night when I was young, when I was really young. And there was this stool next to the stove. And I don't know how I didn't get burned more, but (laughs) uh, there was, I would just sit there. I loved just sitting there and my mom would cook and we, and talk and it it was really nice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but looking back on it, what is a really nice memory. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar, my, da- my dad worked a lot. I mean, there was, there came a point where he was working seven days a week and I, I didn't see him much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, when I was real little, uh, he liked to go on walks. So we, he would take me on walks and lots of times he would pull me in a little wagon, right? Those red uh, wagons. Mm-hmm. And that was a real nice time. It was because mm-hmm. it's just time mm-hmm. uh, together. Yeah. So uh, those are some good memories that I had with my parents. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear those. And I think, I don't know if I actually asked the question, but Neil did a beautiful job answering it. So the question from Jana, who was our last guest, and Jana Parker is a, a licensed educational psychologist and had amazing tips on raising children to be healthy people, and especially in a pandemic with schooling at home and parents stressed out working from home. And, and she had such, she has so much expertise in that. And it was a great, great interview. Please go back to the last podcast, the eighth podcast, if you haven't listened to that. And so her question for the next guest was what Neil just answered. Um, what is something you remember your parents doing that made you feel really good? And so I agree with Neil. I would say, I would just echo that we spent a lot of time, just relaxed time with the kids. We played games, we went to the beach, yeah. we hung out, you know, um, went for walks and did things together. And those are the times that I really remember just bonding with them and all of us being connected and tried not to make it too stressful. Um, and our different parenting styles, this Neil kind of alluded to it and it may be helpful. I now look back and think it was probably a good thing, but what we butted heads over was that, you know, Neil was more of the I don't want to say disciplinarian, but he had a lot of expectations of the kids and he wanted to, he wanted them to be strong and successful and independent. And he insisted, you know, that they play sports and they play an instrument. And, and I actually think that's great now. And I think they even think that's great now and appreciate it. But if you, 
you can imagine when they were kids and, yeah. you know, that that was something that was expected of them. They didn't always necessarily want to do it. And I was the mushy gushy one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, we do whatever you want. And I love you. And I yeah. just want you to feel <laughs> cared for and nurtured. And, you know, and so we, we kind of butted heads about that. But I think looking back, it might have been a really good complimentary co-parenting That's what I think. situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm you, glad we did. Yeah. And you softened, you know, our younger, we have two daughters, uh, almost 24 and 20. And I think our younger daughter got a little easier with you, Neil. Yeah. She got the, she got the broken in dad. Uh, the <laughs> first, the first child had to break me in and, yeah. and that wasn't easy. You realize you only yeah. have so much control and they're going to do what they're going to uh, do. Right. Yeah. So you, you have your boundaries and your, you know, reasonable expectations, but anything more than that is probably going to cause more trouble than than good it does but we've learned you live and you learn and so that's that that's part of our definitely part of our journey and we're very close with our kids now and our younger daughter is living with us because she was away at college and had to come home because of the pandemic and so we're I think the three of us are actually enjoying some really nice bonding time that we wouldn't have had we were empty nesters all of a sudden oh yeah and then we weren't for like almost a year and then all of a sudden we're not empty nesters and it's the three of us yeah (laughs) it was so weird because Bridget was traveling all the time. I mean, she'd be gone for days. And uh, jo- uh, Joanna was off at school. And I was just home alone. <laughs> and now I'm it, never alone now. <laughs> never. And just so you know, I'm, I'm very much an introvert. So yes. I had no problem being alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so, no, I love it though. It's but fine. you know, we <laughs> talk about how like it's temporary, right? She's going to yeah. go back to college in the fall. I'm going to go back to traveling for my consulting and speaking work. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's always, we always are kind of on the same page with like being present, I think, with whatever things are yeah. now and appreciating them and being grateful for them and, and knowing that it's going to change because yeah. it always does. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So the I think we covered everything okay. we planned to cover. The last thing that you get to do is ask our next guest a question that you would like that person. Right. And we won't don't give away who the person is, but no. we know the person. What 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 would you like? And it could be on anything. Sure. Um, so how about tell me something about yourself that people don't get to know until they really get to know you. Ooh, I like that. Right. Something about yourself that people don't know until they really get to know you. Yeah. All right. I'll be in, Todd and I will be doing that interview together. So I look forward mm-hmm. to hearing the answer to that question. And so we will wrap it up here. We hope you learned a little bit about what makes love last. That was our question for the day. And really, we talked about a romantic relationship, but I think a lot of what we talked about could, could relate to any love, any love that you feel for yourself, for other people, people in your life. And I'll end with what Todd always said because I love it. Until we see you next time, make good choices, be good people. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, sampsoncoachingandconsulting.com. And connect with me on Instagram at the Bridget Sampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.